Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 220 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for teaching us more about our thoughts and the words we say. Help our thoughts and words line up with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what Jesus teaches us in Mark chapter 14. We read about Jesus being anointed with costly oil. We see God working in the details here, and Jesus knew exactly what was happening. The others grumbled and complained because they didn't know. We don't know all the details that God is working out, so we grumble at times as well. May we look to heaven before we open our mouths to grumble and ask God for wisdom to know he is working out all things for our good and his glory. We read about Judas agreeing to betray Jesus, who is then constantly at work seeking the opportunity to sin. And that's the way sin is. Once we are committed to the sin, our minds are overcome with thoughts and ideas about how to work it out. May we pray against temptation, as Jesus told his disciples later in this chapter. Jesus gives the first communion, the breaking of the bread and drinking the wine, symbolizing his body that was to be broken and his blood that was to be poured out for the world. I am always taken aback when I read that he gave thanks. He gave thanks that he would be the sacrifice to save the many. May we honor and revere him today and every day. Lastly, Jesus is taken into custody and treated so horribly. He was spat on, hit, beaten, and whipped before he was ever nailed to the cross. His adversaries were his own people, the church leaders of his own people. And when he told them that he was in fact the son of God, they tore their clothes and sentenced him to die. Let's see what Paul has to share with the Corinthian church in chapter 5. In this chapter, Paul addresses the sin of incest. He had heard about it happening with one of the men in the church. He accuses the church of being proud and arrogant instead of mourning and being shameful about this act. It seems they may have been boasting, as verse 6 indicates. He is extremely concerned that this sin will permeate the church and cause them all to sin, cause them to fall away. So he encouraged them to disassociate from anyone who is a sinner, and he lists various sins. Verse 11 says, No, you must not so much as eat with such a person. His words are severe, but in the case of the sins he mentions and the incestuous sin that started the chapter, he is telling them to separate themselves from it. We may need to take his advice here as well. Let's see what is happening with Job in chapters 11 and 12. Yesterday, Job was without hope and said so. Today, his so-called friend Zophar responds in likeness to Bildad. He tells Job that no one can possibly understand God and that God recognizes the wicked and the stupid. He tells Job that if he just doesn't sin anymore, then God will be his keeper and he will no longer have to be afraid. Again, his friends do not understand the situation Job is in. They see his outward condition, but not his inward spirit. Only God sees our hearts, for he has made them. Let our judgment of others be light and allow God's judgment to stand because his judgment is the only one that matters. In chapter 12, Job starts out telling them that he is not inferior to his friends. He has understanding. He also tells them he is a laughingstock to his friends as they look at his misfortune and judgment. In verse 10, he says, In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. We see that Job understands the providence of God. And the rest of the chapter, we read about all the things Job knows about God as creator of the universe and everything in it. He still believes in Almighty God, even through his suffering. 
May we be encouraged today and receive an extra measure of belief in God and his greatness. Let's see what Psalm 39 has to teach us today. David writes this psalm after having said something he shouldn't have said. We can tell he is in anguish about the words he used. He has the realization that all of us take up just a moment in time and space. He writes, truly, every man at his best is merely a breath. He always knows God is his strength and his deliverer. In verse 7, he writes, And now, Lord, what do I wait for and expect? My hope and expectation are in you. May God deliver us from our sins and help us wait on him. May we wait expectantly on the Lord as David did throughout his life. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for teaching us more truths today. Father, help us lean on you more today than we did yesterday. Please temper our thoughts and our words so they align with you and your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.